Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Dynasty the king, king. How much of the preseason hype was all smoke? And how many players are really going to be fantasy superstars for you? If that's your question, it's ours too. It's, this is the Dynasty Exchange. I'm joined, of course, by Davis Noemi and Dylan Egloff, the two best hosts and the two best co-commissioners for the greatest fantasy league on earth. But gentlemen, as we enter into the season, we had to bring in some outside help. Joining us today is NFL insider, Mr. Charles Robinson. Guys, can we give it up for Charles? Can we give a little clap? For Charles for taking out the time, how you doing, you know, boys? Little snaps. How you doing, Charles? Good. It's it's fantastic to have you, man. And uh, just a little a little context. We actually already have somewhat of a pre existing relationship with you. Is it is it fair to say we 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 know you decently well at this point? Yeah. Oh yeah. No. I mean, I I've gotten sucked into the the dynasty league black hole with you guys. It only took about. 10 days before I got accused in my household of Davis's name being code for like some jump off. Why, why is Davis, why is Davis calling you at one in the morning? That's, there's no way that's fantasy related. And, and actually there's, there's a, there's a boss in my company named John Shaw. And I was just having a conversation with someone. I kept saying, Josh Walsh. Josh Walsh. And they're like, who the hell is Josh Walsh? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm starting to say these guys' names. It was like creeping into my subconscious and every single thing I do in life. Yeah, it only took literally like two or three weeks before it, uh, like I, I, I was told I needed to delete the sleeper app after about three weeks. Well, it sounds like you fit in just like one of us. For the listeners, Charles is not a part of the Yacht Club, although if we do expand again, no question, he's on the short list to add. But during the expansion season, we formed another league, and Michael was kind enough to connect us with some industry people, some NFL insiders. And it became apparent to us right away that Charles not only knew fantasy and was going to be dis- like absolutely diabolical to play against in Dynasty, but we realized what we thought we knew about the NFL was like a drop of water compared to the ocean. So we are so excited to have you here today because as fantasy players first, bro, we've got some questions. And I want to start off with the number one question I want answered selfishly for a number of leagues, which is what is Jonathan Taylor's contract situation? All three of us felt like 
there's no way this guy holds out or doesn't yeah. play like he's going to stay with the Colts. And then he gets thrown on the on the pup. So all that being said, can you just give us a quick understanding of what JT's options are, maybe what the Colts options are? Just educate us, man. Like, is he going to play this season? Yeah, you know, I think really what, what happened here in Indianapolis that was interesting is I think the Colts felt like he wasn't going to take a regular season snap when it started. They feel like this is a hold-in. They're not going to say it publicly, but they feel like he's healthy enough to play. And their their options are limited. And so I think that's how he ultimately ends up on the pup list, which scratches him for four weeks. But I don't think it's over yet. Look, the October 31st trade deadline is going to factor here. Um, I do still think there's a chance that Miami is a player after the four-week suspension. Um, I think depending on how Green Bay's season goes, like Green Bay's so young at the skill positions around Jordan Love, they really want to add, I think, another concrete piece. And if that means even in a, in a look, a backfield with a lot of depth, I would have to think one of those guys would be included in the trade, either um, Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon. But both of those yeah. teams, I think, as long as they get off to a decent start, could still factor before October 31st. But the upside for Indianapolis is – there are some teams that don't know what their situation is going to look like by, by October 31st. They could be like the 49ers last year approaching the trade deadline going, hey, you know what? We got a shot. We got a shot right now. This is where we make the run at, at Christian McCaffrey. So I think what yeah. they're thinking is there could be another team out there that could get involved a little more heavily. And interestingly enough, it never came up. But I'm telling you, I do think – and I don't know if it's just because Howie Roseman likes to be involved in every single guy who's every available. Trade. But the Eagles never came up publicly. But I do think Howie Roseman at least pondered, hey, we've got a big committee situation here with our backfield. Is there any way we could figure out how to do this? I think the, you know, the burden is that contract extension that's got to go along with yeah. this. You're not just giving up assets. You're giving up a massive contract extension. I think Taylor plays this season. I really do. Um, but I, just, I think a lot of that destination comes down to how do teams start and how do they feel as they're rolling toward the end of October about whether or not they're in a Super Bowl window now, because that's the player you acquire. If you're in a Super Bowl window, you go get Jonathan Taylor. So you're so telling me there's a chance at a Taylor Swift backfield in Philadelphia? <laughs> that's I, yeah, I do. I, I mean, I think like <laughs> like look, I'm not going to say I, realistically with what they paid Jalen Hurts, right? AJ Brown, Devonta Smith down the line. Like you have the contract situations are going to get pretty rough. For the, for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think it's going to eliminate a lot of the middle class on that roster. So to add another <laughs> top-end guy who's a running back, you know, I That's again, tough. I can't rule out Howie Roseman, though, because he does, he gets involved in every single player who becomes available who has mm -hmm. talent. I feel like he makes a call. I think they're not likely, um, but at the same time, I, I would never rule out Howie Roseman. I do think there will be a third team, probably not the Eagles, but there will be a third team we're not talking about right now. So, Charles, assuming probably worst case scenario for the Colts and for him that he stays on that team, do you see a way that he he actually does sit out the entire season? Because like what what type of impact does that have on his like contract going into next year? Well, first off, his contract would toll. So it would, it would right? not. Yeah, I mean, it, it would toll, which means that it just, he'd be in the same situation, same situation yeah. a year from now. So, um, no, I don't you know, I think that if if it looks like a situation where he absolutely has to um, play, he's going to sit there and go, OK, when does the year become vested for me? So when do I come in and get this counts as an accrued season and and we're, I'm not in the same situation a year from now? But the problem that he has there is if he comes off the four game seat the pup list seat 
and he's going to continue to hold in, the Colts may suspend him. Like, I don't think it's really going to happen, but I think the Colts may say, you are healthy, you're good to go, you're ready to play. We feel like we have grounds now to suspend you. I don't even know if that's possible because you'd have to prove it. You'd have to prove that he's healthy, and I don't know that you can necessarily do that, and I don't know that he's done anything else to basically be conduct detrimental at this point to the team. Um, I Look, I, he wants this season to count. I think he does, okay? And weirdly enough, when I was going through the camp tour, I did have one GM who's very dialed in. He said, you know what? I will bet you they get that deal done with him. And I'm like, after all the animus, the acrimony, I'm like, I just don't see it happening. But he's like, look, I'm just telling you, I think there's a chance that they get their start with Richardson under their belts and they look at the situation and they go, all right, how much money are we really talking about committing here? I mean, is it like $9 million? Are we, are we $9 million apart over a three-year span? Because it's going to be three years of guaranteed money. Really, realistically, is it worth us being petty about $9 million to potentially hurt our rookie quarterback? But I think Richardson does have to get off to a decent start and put them into a position where – he's needed, you know, maybe even more than he's needed right now, which is, I mean, this major need as it is. And and yet they still haven't been able to get it done. So speaking of, speaking of AR, because obviously we know that Dylan loves him some Anthony Richardson. Um, <laughs> do well you done. think they should have, yeah, well documented. Yeah. Right. Do you think that they should have started Garner Minshew um, and then let him progress? Or do you think because he didn't have that long of a career that the reps were needed? So if you'd asked me this question two weeks ago, I would have said, this is nuts. I don't believe all the BS that's coming out of practice. I could have cussed there. I didn't, guys, I saved you one there. No, I'm no so bleep there. Thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> I wanted to say it. Um, two weeks ago, I'm sitting there and I'm going, I, I'm so tired of hearing how great he looks in practice and oh, it's, he's got the cannon and this and that. And it's just, at some point you get tired of hearing how wonderfully talented and amazing he is right now on every level of the team, ownership, front office, the the players are coming off the field and you're just like, dude, like enough. All right. Maybe let him go out. Don't put all this expectation on him now. And so at that time I was like, they're nuts. I don't think they should start him. Get Minshew out there. Let him get beat up a little bit. Let the offensive line, which is still, I can't believe how subpar the Indianapolis Colts offense. Like Quentin Nelson, I don't know what happened to that guy. He's completely um, fell apart. I, like It's insane. It is. It's one of the biggest mysteries in the NFL, how quickly um, he, his game has just completely fallen off. And, I, you know, after injuries, whatever. But um, now that said, when the Trey Lance trade to Dallas happened, and I started talking to teams about, like, why is this such a bad fit with Dallas? And they're like, it's about reps. It's about, and I listened to them talk over and over about how much Trey Lance needed the reps because he had less than a hundred throws in high school. He had like 300 throws in college. He had, you know, I mean, it was just like, he had, he was on basically sitting around 500 throws as a, as a starting quarterback, as a starting quarterback, like his, like period. And they just talked over and over about, Hey, you got to get the reps. You got to get the reps. You got to get the reps. It made me reconsider the Anthony Richardson situation because Hmm. To me, I'm like, okay, now through this prism, he needs reps. You got to get him the reps. It sucks. Maybe you got to put him through a little bit of a grinder, but you got to get him those reps somehow. You can't wait forever. And if they feel like they got to kickstart it now, because as you said, he just didn't have that amount of experience. I'm willing to consider it, but it's risky. All these, all these rookies that are starting this year, I mean, it's all risky because of the mental health of them. And, and I will, I'll share one thing with you, like the Jets. And the tail end of the Zach Wilson thing, I think what the Jets learned through that whole experience was 
we should have known he needed a red shirt year. Like, what were we thinking? Mm. Like, we we didn't think he needed yeah. a red shirt year. We should have looked at our line and we should have said, we got to give this guy a red shirt year and not Man. screw him up mentally. That's what I think about with some of these rookie quarterbacks. That's it's a, crazy because, like, like, you watch quarterback. Hard Knocks and, like, you see them literally saying to Zach Wilson, have fun, have fun, yeah. have fun. Over like, how many guys kept saying, have fun, have fun? It's like, geez, he really was in his head. But, Sorry, Josh, but, what are you saying? Oh. No, I bring speaking of the Jets, um, you know, Charles, as I mentioned, we do play in a dynasty league together. The biggest trade I've done with you surrounds a former Jet. And it was a guy who was a dynasty darling two years yeah. ago. And then he felt left for dead. And I'm talking about Elijah Moore. He was with Zach Wilson, and certainly they did not seem to make a good connection. It seemed like only Mike White could bring out fantasy goodness of him. But you charged me a pretty penny for Elijah Moore. I think it was literally all the picks I had left. And I didn't have much, but it was everything I had. Um, were you just like hyping up his value and kind of lying to me about what's going on at camp or is Elijah Moore hype real? Do the Cleveland Browns have a weapon and is Deshaun Watson going to unlock him like he did with Will Fuller as a wide receiver? Too? The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn. Alliances will shift. And danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I don't think there's any question. Like any, any, I wouldn't yes. even call him a two. I would call him like a one, a one B wow. because of wow. how they plan. Now, here's the thing: he has to stay healthy, right? Because they're going to use him in ways that's going to put him in more peril than when he was with the Jets. He's going to have like sort of that semi Debo Samuel role where they will they'll move him out of the backfield at times. They're going to give him some carries. There's going to be really? some reverses, some sweeps, things like that. Um, the thing like more one of the craziest things that kind of happened in camp that I thought was interesting. Anytime you go through a camp, they ask you where else are you going, where have you been, you know. And when I would bring up, hey, I'm going to go see the Jets, I literally had two GMs. The first thing they asked me after I said the Jets. 
they phrased it differently, but both were like, why did they trade Elijah Moore? Like, what happened there? Like, there was value. They were like, wow, he's a really good player. Like, why would you get rid of a player like that? And look, I, I think he needed the fresh start. He didn't want to be there anymore. He felt so right. burned by the quarterback situation. I think he felt burned by the front office and the coaches. I felt like, you know, they weren't always backing him the way that, that he could have been backed when he was getting torn apart in the media. And as soon as he got to Cleveland, though, you know, when I talked to Andrew Barry, I'm like, let's talk about this acquisition, the GM of the, of the Browns. And he's like, trust me, he's going to be a huge piece of our offense. He's exquisitely talented. Everything that you saw in that first year in the league, he's ready to take the next big step that he wasn't able to take because of what went down with the Jets and Zach Wilson. And then we saw it in the preseason, but we also saw him get hurt. And so it's like, he's got to stay healthy. They're going to use him in a lot of different ways. I'm, I'm just telling you, Amari Cooper's great, but I think Deshaun Watson almost looks at him like Brady looked at Edelman. Like, that's my guy. Wow. Like, that's my guy. Jeez. Like, that, if I'm in trouble, that's my guy. I'm going to find him. He's going to be in the slot. Sometimes he's going to be outside. Sometimes it's going to be a scramble drill, but that's the guy that I'm constantly wow. going to be looking for. That's wow. really So you're exciting. saying this Browns offense is going to look completely different then? Because in the past, it's been pretty run heavy, but yeah. I mean, they brought yeah. in, they paid Deshaun Watson a lot. Yeah. They went and traded for... Um, Elijah Moore, they traded for Amari Cooper. So I'm anticipating this offense is probably going to look significantly different. Yeah, well, Joku's, you know, I think they're they're looking at this as being a team that can be a, far more diverse from a passing standpoint. Now they have the quarterback to do it. They have the, the tight end who's going to factor, obviously, hugely in the passing game. And then they have a number one receiver. They have a number two receiver, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. You have a legitimate, like, three receiver that they really like. So I think they feel like the depth and the the sort of versatility of the weapons is going to open it up for them. They still need the offensive line to stay healthy, okay? They still need to have that running game. But And and frankly, really, what this all hinges on, I'll be real here, it's Watson. Like, Watson has yeah. to be able to show, yeah. I can be the Houston Texans Watson. I'm not the guy who showed up halfway through the season. Yep. Yeah, you know, he's just got to be out of his head, play free again. Um, and at times in the preseason, I thought he looked like – he was, you know, getting back to that that Texas yeah. player. So we'll see. You mentioned Question for you guys. Oh, go ahead. Would Dylan. you guys take Jerry Judy or Elijah Moore in Dynasty? Elijah oh, Moore for me. Elijah Based Moore, on, I mean, Charles just confirmed Moore. from from my heart Elijah everything Moore. I need. Charles, to hear. what about you? Elijah Moore or Jerry Judy? Yeah, I would Dynasty. take Elijah because the, wow, Judy. Here's I like Judy, but here's here's my issues with Judy. Number one, I'm scared about injury with him. Okay, because he's had some Ugh. soft tissue stuff. Number two, I'm scared about the hands because he's had hands hands issues there. And number three, well, I'll take it to four. Number three, he's playing with Russell Wilson, who he has a Russell Wilson problem. We which, don't well, no, which, I mean we don't know. We're still figuring that out, yeah, right? Like we assume yeah. Sean Payton's going to change this overnight. I went through there. I'm telling you the thing I was concerned about. I'm sitting there and I'm watching practice. And I'm like, why is Greg Dulcich running with the twos? I'm like, why is Adam Troutman That's insane, their number man. one tight end? You know what I realized? Call, Adam. Dylan. Adam Troutman's sitting there going, I can handle combo blocks. You know why he needs to handle combo blocks? Because the offensive line's struggling. And if the offensive mm. line goes in the season and struggles and they got to have Adam Troutman out there and Russell Wilson could still be getting hit, uh, Jerry Judy to me is, is – I don't think the running games is good in Denver. I don't think the offensive line has the talent that Cleveland's does in totality. And frankly, I don't think the, the surrounding skill position pieces are, are as good in Denver as they are in Cleveland, which – I know some people say, well, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul when you have all these good players. I would normally say yes, except that Watson and and Elijah Moore are on such a like vibe. I'm like, all right, I think sometimes that cancels things out. That fires me up to hear. 
you mentioned that Elijah Moore would be used a little bit like Debo. Um, I know that there's been a lot of hype around Nick Chubb in fantasy circles that he's finally going to get unlocked in the passing game. When you shared that, though, my thought was they're not going to use Nick Chubb that way. It sounds like they're just going to be using different formations oh, no. to utilize pass catchers. Is is Nick Chubb getting a bump in passing game, or is that yeah. all kind of like – No, I hype? like Chubb. No, I like Chubb because I think, first off, he's got the the backfield. Like, Kareem Hunt had lost the step anyway, but, I mean, really, it's totally. Chubb back there now. They know it. Um I think they want to get their bang for the buck, right? They're paying him, okay? And and I don't know that there's going to be another Nick Chubb contract extension coming, which means whatever production you got, jam it into this contract. Empty the tank, gotcha. Right, yeah. empty the tank on this contract extension. And and with Elijah Moore, he's not going to get five, six carries a game, okay? He's not going to get, you know, like he's there, he's going to, he'll steal a couple, you know, a game um, based on whatever's going on situationally. And, you know, look, it's all going to, whether or not he factors coming out of the backfield and catching a lot of passes, I think it depends on how well the other players around him are playing. I mean, if Cooper has a great year and Moore has yeah. a great year and Joku has a great year, they're not going to need him as much as maybe they would. So, Got you him. know, we'll have to wait and see. I still, I, but I think from a carries perspective and I think a red zone perspective, he's going to have a ball helpful. I think he's going to be fine from a running perspective. Uh, I, yeah, I think I'm I'm stoked on Elijah Moore. I think I it's refreshing to hear that they actually value him because it was so frustrating if you were a manager of him whenever he was in New York. You saw yeah. whenever he was given the opportunity, he exploded, right? He had top 10 wide receiver weeks whenever with Zach Wilson. So, yeah. it's going to be interesting is interesting to see how that Browns offense um plays out. So, we've got a bone to pick with you while you're here. It's more of a bone amongst us that we I want feel like to I know where this is going. I already feel like I know totally. where this is going. I, totally. Josh and Josh like Davis it. know exactly where this is going. So I have this thing where I do not believe that Justin Fields is going to be worth all of this hype. I, and I know you went to – you were in, around the Bears camp. Um, I know you went to a Bears game this, this preseason. So maybe you can settle this bone to pick. I don't believe that the coaching staff is equipped – to develop a quarterback like Justin Fields because to right. me coaching is huge when it comes to a quarterback we've seen so many quarterbacks get ruined because of poor coaching right like we talked about earlier we talked about Zach Wilson getting rushed out there and Trey Lance getting rushed out there so I think that what I saw at the end of last year did we see Justin Fields get a little bit better at passing sure but we did not see him actually sit in the pocket and throw the ball they just let him run silly until he got hurt so Charles what do you, what do you think about that can DJ Moore be Stefan Dix? Okay. Mm. So when we talk about Josh Allen, right? Whenever we talk about Josh Allen, it was like, man, look at the progression one to two to three. The first three years, you saw these jumps. Well, Diggs really was the, I, I think he was that element that kind of brought it all together, gave him a guy who he's like, he's explosive, he's big time, he's all pro talent. I can trust this guy, I can throw it to him, he's going to go get the ball. He has kind of a killer mentality. Can DJ Moore be that? And I will say this, like DJ Moore, a couple of times he gets touches, like he's making huge explosive plays. And it's preseason. It's love it. It's oh, great too it's... that he doesn't have to do it 20 yards downfield. Like, because to me in the Panthers offense, I was like, man, everything was always, you know, a lot of the deep stuff for him. It was intermediate to deep and like, how creative could you be? He looks. I was not a big believer, you know, in that addition. I'm like, ah, I mean, like, yeah, he's, a, you know, I don't know if he can be that ironclad number one that you need. And then, you know, he's kind of looked like he's worked well. What fields, what makes me nervous with fields is that he's always going to lean into, um, 
I think he is a first read guy. I think he has become a second lead. He's better at the second read. I don't know how often he gets to the third read rather than going, okay, now this is where I run. The running's great in fantasy leagues, but it's a depreciating asset because you get yeah. killed. You get That's hammered. Mm-hmm. And guess what? He is not built like Josh Allen, and even Josh Allen gets the crap kicked out of him when he runs. Yeah. And so I'm worried. I lo- And I love him when he runs, by the way. Like He reminds me of Michael Vick. Like That's the last time I saw a guy last season, the way he was running. I'm like, oh, my He's God. He's electric, like, man. It's unreal. It's unbelievable. It's just the gear he has. It's like no one else in the league that, that has it in that moment that he does. But, again, I think it's a depreciating asset. They don't want him to continue to lean into that game. They want him to get to the third read, right? And, you know, we have to wait and see, can he do that? Or is he going to continue to lean into running the football? I don't know. The confidence of the coaching staff, it's hard for me to know whether or not I should have confidence until I see it. If you had asked me about Brian Dayball before seeing the development of Josh Allen, I would have been like, I don't know. Like, I don't know this guy can develop. And then he developed him. (laughs) He left and he made Daniel Jones a a decent player. The difference is, you know. Yeah, the difference would be like Brian Dayball. I mean. He's one. He's a great offensive mind. I, I mean, we're relying on Eberflus here, and I don't know that yeah, Eberflus well, as the head coach is. He's a defensive mind. He's defensive coach. coach. Like, does yeah. he actually yeah. know what to do with a quarterback that needs intentional development? Well, they knew. I will say this. You know, um, the entire organization knew the first thing they needed to do was add talent around them. They did that. Okay. So, yeah. and I'm like, all right, that was the first right move that we've seen is to make talent additions, and you know, but. <laughs> I don't know. I so, can't call. I, I Fields is rich. I will say this: the Fields love is rich at this yes, point. He is still a rich. very unknown commodity, and that's exactly it. You have to decide: is this too rich? Like you, you're. It's an either or here. You're either a. There's no like. Oh, I'm kind of yeah. Justin Fields is okay. You're either like, oh my god, he's gonna be the greatest, or it's like, I don't know, man. Like that's a little scary right now. It's still too early to tell. Too rich. Give me a rich. Oh God! The guy that has no collegiate production. So Charles, do you think that that the Bears front office takes into account and kind of hitches to the field's wagon just because they had the opportunity with having the one on one and then training it away? Like, are they? And I know Fields is going to be coming into a like a contract here pretty soon. So, do they feel some type of commitment to him? Although there is no, you know, contract extension because they have the one-on-one in their hands and a Bryce Young. Well, you know, I think, look, it's it's year three, right? So any any quarterback worth their salt after year three, you go to the table, right? You're, you're talking about contract extension. So I think they want to know. You want to have a lot of clarity. Like I, I, I go back to, I remember when like Cleveland was going into year four with Baker without having that contract extension done. And Baltimore was going into year four with Lamar. And both those organizations were like, oh my God, like this is not a fun place to be right now. It's not, right. we should we should want to rush and get this deal done right now. And both guys, for kind of different reasons, there was a little bit of reticence. I think the Bears want to, they're going to give him every opportunity to prove he's going to be another, you know, $50 million, you know, APY quarterback down the, down the line. So, um I think, look, the commitments there is a zero question to me. Like, I was, I, I forget the kid's name. The only surprise, honestly, at the quarterback position that's happened in, in you know, with the Bears was that backup. Like, yes. he, like I can't, I can't think of the kid's name, but like, this he's kid a comes division out two of, quarterback. Yeah, division yeah. two QB. I, I wish I could remember his name right now, but like, yeah. And he just like takes the position, takes the backup position. You're like, oh my God, that's like, but come on, man. They're, this entire season for the Bears, everything is leveraged on fields. Like I would say the yeah, entire organization, it. because if it does not work, 
you're considering in 2024, like, okay, now we're, we're straddling the fence. We're either, it's got to work in 2024 or we're rebuilding. Cause if fields doesn't work, you're rebuilding. Unless the roster's so good that you can go out and grab a veteran and turn the key on it. Like the jets did with Aaron Rodgers. but that's, man, I don't know. That's a tough position to be in. They need fields to work. They're going to do everything again to make sure it does. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking of rebuilding, um, as a dynasty player, there are certain players that you need to sell and get off your roster after a certain point. There are two veteran wide receivers that come to mind that are kind of past the point in my opinion, of selling them to get off your roster. And you may just have to hold them and squeeze them for whatever they're worth. Uh, The two that come to mind for me are Mike Evans and then most recently Cooper Cup, because it seems like the hamstring injury has flared up again. If, you know, I know you're in in cartel, you're like tanking for 2024. You're not trying to win now as, as far as we know. But if I had one had, of those receivers. I had, I had Odell. I had Odell Beckham. <laughs> I had one of those guys. <laughs> I got rid of them. But what's the what's the fantasy outlook for these guys? Not just this year, long term. Is it is it the end completely? Or are we seeing the cliff? Or is this just a lull and and don't panic too early? Do we need to have diamond hands, or do we need to get them off our rosters? Cooper, I mean the the soft tissue stuff is devastating to the Rams because I'm telling you right now, there's a with that wide receiver collection. And and Matt Stafford being who he is, okay, like he's not having any. He might be having issues connecting with younger players. Not with Cooper, like that is like his guy. He would have thrown at Cooper two hundred times this season if Cooper Gosh, was available man. for seventeen oh, games. That's painful which, to me. Absolutely, which <laughs> is why that sucks. As the Cooper Cup no, owner, yeah, in no, multiple leagues. Yeah. I I mean, it's when I went through the Rams, it was like you know, I I was I I think I was sitting with Les Snead, the GM, and I think I kind of pissed him off because I'm like, look, man, I'm like. You still got the Holy Trinity. And he was like, who's the Holy Trinity? I'm like, Aaron Donald, Matt Stafford, Sean McVay. 
he was like, oh, I think it's more of a treaty. You're leaving out Cooper Cup. And like he went on this whole thing about, you know, having Cooper Cup back and how important that is. And then the soft tissue thing happens. And now he's got to see a specialist. And it feels like people are like, well, he might not play week one. I don't know, man. Like it's, it's, that's the kind of situation where, especially when it's like hamstring related, it's like, if we push him back a little too early and he aggravates it again, he can miss a month in the middle of the season. So do we just shut him down, see, take the opinion of a couple different specialists, and then maybe go back to him in October and see how we feel about it? That's kind of, I think, what they're juggling right now is how much they want to push it. But yeah, I think. So IR is a possibility. Yeah, I, I do. I think it's a possibility. I think they're, they're, Whoa, they wow. have to. I, I do. Wow. I think I think they have to consider, mm. you know, like how That's huge. How do they want to handle this? What's the severity and and what's the percentage chance of recurrence? You know, if if he sits a week to two Listen, weeks, he's thirty years old. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not. It's a. It's a huge different ball game. Who did you say beyond Cooper Cup? Mike Evans. Mike Evans. Mike Evans. Has also had. Yeah. Mike Evans. God, I hope he gets traded to the Giants. Mike Evans. Um, <laughs> Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham Jr. I, you're going to have to hang on to all these guys and just squeeze, squeeze and get as much out as long as you can. And then they're not going to be worthless. And it's just how it is in a dynasty league. But I do think there's, there's a position for all of them to be valuable. Okay. Now, Mike Evans, the thing about Evans that is okay. Evans at times would get frustrated with Brady. Okay. And like, not like open frustration, just sort of like. He's that much of a dog? Just, no, he's not. He's not a dog. I just think it's like. He's a competitor. He, he, he's like, he wanted. I meant there that were in a times, good way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he wanted Tom to always trust him. Right. Like, whether you see separation or not, I'm still, it's not a 50. Throw it up situation. to me. I'm going it's, to get yeah, it. Yeah. I'm still That's an 80. I'm, I'm still an 80 20 guy. Like, just trust me. Right. And, and he and Brady worked through that. I think they were fine. They were always fine. But with Baker historically has not gone well. Like, and, and so when Baker starts to frustrate Mike Evans, which is why I said, man, I hope he gets dealt to, to the, the giants. Um, I think it would be a more advantageous position for him to be with a guy like Daniel Jones, even though some people would be like, I don't understand that. Well, okay. Hodgins, I think Darren Waller, I, I, I wasn't big on the Darren Waller acquisition, but it was funny because when I was in the, the, the trail, like talking to different GMs and we, Waller came up a couple of times and, and everybody seems to think, like pro personnel guys, they're all like, no, it's perfect. Like where he's going, it's really good for him. They all think he's going to have a really nice season. So for Evans, I think you get more juice for the squeeze if he's in a place like New York. I really do. Um, but all those guys that I mentioned, I mean, I I think they can all contribute. I had questions about Hopkins when I went through Titans camp and I watched him. Like, no, he's still got he's still got something to give here. Um, you know, Odell. I I think Odell can be still a very very good player for the Ravens. Um, but it's you're just going to have to hang on to him and, and try to get as much out uh, as you possibly can. Yeah. Or trade him. So if you can find a sucker, trade him. <laughs> trade him for what though? No, yeah, trade him for what? Yeah. So, second, so if like, somebody comes with a 24 second to you, are you taking that for any of these players? Not Cooper cup, right? I was about to say, we no, exclude Cooper not, cup. not Cooper, not Cooper. Because I, how about a know, Mike Evans? If somebody comes with a 24 second, are you taking that? If it in, in this, in this draft, in this draft, if you think it's the top, like it depends how deep your dynasty yeah. league is. Okay, so how many teams? Sure, sure. Yeah, so, yeah. but if you okay, so yeah, so so Maybe here's here's I would say if you are looking at if that second round pick you think it projects in the top fifteen of of the next draft, yeah, I would do it. I would do it because I think this draft is wow. going to be crazy deep. 
Like it's going to yep. be crazy deep with with offensive players. Some guys that we don't even know right now. We're going to learn it's coming. Sure. Yeah. And here's here's one of the things that when you talk to GMs, this is, this is fascinating to me. You will hear GMs tell you like we have more tape and better tape on guys than ever before because of NIL. Because guys stayed. Like guys who would have gone didn't go because of NIL. Blake Corum probably would have gone. If NIL didn't exist, like he would have just said, screw it. I'll take a redshirt year in the NFL, get closer to a free agency contract. I'm a running back anyway. But because of NIL, Blake stayed. And there were, I had a couple of GMs who were like, we have really good tape and we're probably going to make better picks because of the fact that we have an overwhelming amount of tape. And some guys that mm-hmm. might have come out earlier instead stayed and wow. developed a little yeah. bit more. So, so I, are you saying there's a chance that Caleb Williams stays till 2025? There's not a chance, right? <laughs> There's not a Look, chance, I, I, right? Here, okay, so on, okay, wait, wait, wait. No, here's Charles. the crazy. And this would murder me. Okay, this would murder me, right? Because yeah, I just like, I, mean, I, like he's, destroyed, he's I, I like destroyed. I destroyed my like, entire team to get Caleb Williams, right? For this guy, single so Italy, Charles yeah. drafted a brand new team and then sold every single player on it. Like he didn't even let them play a game. He's a genius. He's, like, nope. he's a genius. Nope. But yes, but he he has plenty of twenty four and twenty five picks though. So all, all right. So Charles, tell us about Caleb. Tell is he going? To, okay, is there a chance? So here's the thing about Caleb that makes me think. There could be a chance. Um, number one, he's doing Wendy's commercials, guys. Like he's like, <laughs> like he's doing he's doing Heisman House commercials. Okay, like the dude is making a ton of money off the field already, which is wild. And USC has the base of donors to pay to see him stay. And you know, like talk about like Reggie Bush was born way too early because Reggie Bush is a guy who, and, and I <laughs> oh. think he's the guy who's in the Caleb Williams like territory where it's like Reggie Bush would have made a professional salary staying one more year at USC. They would have paid to, to get him the professional salary. Seriously. I think Caleb now here's the thing. Caleb's going to have agents in his ear and they're going to tell him the same thing. Every high level quarterback hears from every good agent start your free agency clock as early as you can get to the league as fast as you can. And especially if you're the first overall pick, get to the league, start your clock by the end of your career, it's going to be a 40 to $50 million decision to stay. Are you going to recoup 40 to $50 million for the next year in college? Now, some quarterbacks might go, okay, well, over the length of my career, I'm going to make half a billion dollars. I'm fine. You know, so if Caleb's that guy and he believes in himself, you know, maybe he ultimately stays, but he's, they will pull out all the stops. And, you know, I think who he has in terms of his agency, I don't know with CAA or whoever's doing his NIL stuff. If he goes out and wins another Heisman this year, they could potentially go, Hey, you know what? As long as you sign with us, when you do decide to turn pro, we'll go out there. We'll try to get you $20 million off the seat, off the field. We can, we wow. can figure it out. Like, let's call Rolex. Let's call. That's like, insane, man. That is insane. <laughs> what a different world, man. Crazy. What a like, completely different world. Totally wild. Yeah. So we talked about Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams, I think all of us would agree is the unquestioned 101 <laughs> in dynasty, right? If you have the 101 and 24, it's going, if he goes right in super, super flex, he's super flex and super. Yes. Yeah, super flex. Sorry. Yeah. In super flex leagues, he's going to be the 101, the he, 102, he, yeah, you're real. I like this. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about 102. Let's get to 102. Yeah, the 102 right now, it could be a toss-up for some, mm-hmm. but for me personally, it's still Drake May. In yeah. Superflex Leagues, it's going to be Drake May. So yep. we saw this past weekend, college football finally got kicked off. We saw Drake May in action. We saw all these guys that we're about to talk about in action. What is your takeaway 
of Drake May? Because you, you looked excited about it. What what's what do you got to say about that? He he last year kept a staff employed. Like when you talk to people in NFL, you're like, wow. you look at the surrounding pieces wow. at North Carolina, like how good is this kid? And there are some people that will argue he's a better player than than Caleb Williams. They get it. Like they're like, you know, is he gonna go first? No, not if as long as both guys stay healthy and they meet their expectations, Caleb's gonna be a guy who's who's gonna end up going first overall. But um some guys think his arm's better. Um, some guys think from the aspect, sort of the leadership aspect of having to be a player last year, had to win that job, like gut it out, win the job. This year, if you watch the first game, he's he's down a receiver, right? He's got to transfer receivers not on the field that should be on the field. And yet when you watch him play, like he's just going out there and he's making like NFL throws left and right. Yeah. Um, yep. He, I think he body, trusts like, yeah. right. The one, the one that I, I tweeted out one where it was just like, you know, he's running, he's running, he's running, and he throws across his body. It was just a sick throw. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, my God, like, this is exactly what you want in an NFL player. He probably trusts his arm a little too much at times. And I also think, you know, it's like when when uh, personnel guys sit down and they look at the roster around and they're going to go, how many NFL guys are on this roster? How many guys are on, on USC's roster, NFL guys? And how much is, is each player elevating? these other players to new levels. They're going to like that about Drake May. That he's elevating a lesser roster. Um, and, and honestly, even does Mac, Mac, uh, makes some interesting Mac Brown makes some interesting coaching calls, like not using timeouts at the end of the first half. And like, you're like, he's so, so even from a coach and just, bro, he's bro. just Mac Brown. He's this, he's a yeah. legend. He can do Mac Brown does what Mac Brown wants. <laughs> yeah. I love though. I think may to me, as long as he doesn't get hurt and, and, you know, have like some kind of Will Levis, like just always oh, putting the ball in a spot ever, all the time where he shouldn't, which I don't think is going to happen. Should be a clear, you know, one oh two next year. I'd be surprised. One hundred percent. Yeah, and then just kind of going through that, the one oh three, he Marvin Harrison Jr. That is, there's some concern after this past weekend. Yeah. He got hurt. He got shaken up a little bit. That's that's part of the concern. But even if he's healthy, that quarterback room. If any of you guys watch the Ohio State game was atrocious. It, it, it did not look good. It's definitely not what we're used to seeing from Ohio State quarterback play. And so the question I have really for all three of you guys is, does Marvin Harrison Jr. even risk it? Or does he just do what Jamar Chase did? Does he do what his teammate last year did, JSN, and just yeah, sit out JSN. the season? He has yeah. nothing to prove to anyone. What do you guys think about that? Look, when when Ohio State's pro day happened this year, right? You know, and I, I, was, I was checking in with GM who's there, and he was like, Best guy here, we can't even touch. <laughs> like, you're like Marvin Harrison's killing it. The Marvin Harrison Jr. is killing it. They're like, this kid's unbelievable. There are guys who are like, he's the best receiver since Randy Moss. Like, that's God. how good he is. That's how Ooh. complete he is. Now, look, um, it, it's it's interesting because I do think some of this is predicated on can he can he stay healthy, and then how much does the quarterback change affect him? Like, what you like. From a character standpoint, are we going to start to see some cracks here? Because, you know, at Ohio State, it's been nothing but wide open window throws for quarterbacks, clean pockets, all these different things. So when we see the adversity, what teams start to focus on, particularly at the wide receiver position is, man, these are the guys who pop off first. Like they get pissed first when they're not getting the ball. They get pissed first when the quarterback's getting hit. Um, or, or he's just, he's dropping his eyes. And, and so if he stays clear, all that, and he stays healthy, I think even if he had a subpar number season, he would get the credit of, you know what? Like it's just either something's wrong. Still a freak, man. Yeah, Yeah. and 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 here's the thing: we all know the same thing happens. Like even let's say let's say he had like oh 800 yard season, eight touchdowns, something. You know, we're we're, he's not going to be like a Heisman candidate. 
he's going to go and he's going to work out. He's going to run and he's going to catch yeah. And people are going to go, ah, it's a third pick. <laughs> like that's like. And Charles, something that we've said before, just kind of amongst us three, but I'm curious what, what like your thoughts are. As soon, a take we have is as soon as he steps into the NFL, you know, you have Jamar Chase, you have Justin Jefferson, in my opinion, in no particular order. But as soon as he is drafted onto a team, he is probably going to be the dynasty wide receiver three. Curious of, of like your thoughts on that, just because I, I think him stepping in. Yeah, I, I don't that's see a, who else. That's the Davis that. Dylan take. I, He's I don't adhere to he that. He dished that off so quickly. I, <laughs> Josh I dished do that not off. say okay my that. name on that. I, I own that. that. Off to Davis I will, and Dylan. I will oh. say it's the show's take because two out of three of us believe it, but me personally, I'm. <laughs> he shouldn't be, in my opinion. Charles, are you on my side or their side with that? Okay, well, first question is it's just like, you know. Um, do you keep Dak Prescott or not? Well, if you don't, what's the other option? So first, my first question to you is, who is it if not Marvin Harrison, who's wide receiver three? I, I need that That's answer. my exact point. Yeah. Garrett Wilson? My exact- okay, so Garrett Wilson. Okay, Garrett Wilson, now you're sitting there and you're staring at it and you go, um, might have one or two more years of Rodgers. Maybe Rodgers plays three years. I mean, who knows at this point? But it's still, Rodgers is what he is. He's an aging quarterback. He does not like to get hit. Um, we don't know how much longer he's going to stay in the league, no matter how much he's having fun. Um, then you're thinking about Zach again, because that, if, if Rogers leaves after the next two years, he's going to be there at least two years, they're going to turn back into Zach. As long as Zach has developed, continue to, you know, kind of refine himself right now. So you, I think you got to look at quarterback. You have to look at front office. You have to go, do I have confidence? And even if the quarterback position is unsettled, is it a good front office? Can they figure it out? Can they go and get, you know, the, right. the, the quarterback now, so let's say you're staring at the Jets, right? And you're saying, well, do I want Garrett Wilson or do I want Marvin Harrison Jr.? Depends where Harrison Jr. is. Depends who the quarterback is. And then you're looking at That's Garrett Wilson. You're going, yeah, but you're looking at Garrett Wilson. You're going, okay. So it's the front office that drafted Zach. Okay. And and admittedly, like in the rear view, probably would have wanted to sit Zach a year and they didn't do it. Maybe they learned that lesson. But once they knew they had to resolve the quarterback situation, what did they do? They went out and resolved it meaningfully. So you right. kind of know I can count on if they have a Super Bowl window, and they should. I mean, that team is so young. Especially and they that should, defense, man. Yeah. That defense oh, is unbelievable. Oh, they could Good be the best defense in the league this year. I mean, they could They could be – I doubt they reach the levels of they're, – they're still a little young to reach their their ceiling. But, I mean, like in a year from now – The they Legion keep, of Boom. Yeah, you're, you're talking super high level, like – defining a, a 10 year span kind of decade defense goes um, in 15 kind of thing. And so, right. So, I mean, those are all things that you're thinking about Wilson. Plus you're going to see, does Wilson have another year of development? What does he look like this year? Does he take a big step yeah. forward? Does he stay healthy? So I think it's a good debate to have. The problem is with like Marvin Harrison jr. It's just like, he's clearly going to be going to a bad team, you know, unless right. something weird happens where it's like a Seattle ends up, you know, last year with a high pick or like Detroit ends up with a high yeah. pick. Um, and then, you know, just, it's the confidence of the front office and what quarterback he's paired with. I would not want to take wide receiver three if he is saddled with who's the worst quarterback in the league right the now. The Cardinals. Like, just the Cardinals. Baker right. Mayfield. <laughs> I mean, if the Cardinals get killed. Baker boy, Mayfield. <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, if he, really, gotta, seriously, gotta, though, if he, if he ended up in Tampa, right, wouldn't you kind of be like, I don't know, man. Like that's a pretty yeah. messed up situation yeah. because they put yeah, themselves in a, in, a, in a situation where after Tom, they were looking at Trask versus Baker. Okay. And they, you know, just some of the other things that they've, Hey, they looked at Josh Rosen for a minute and the guy's hot. They look at, you right. know, yeah. so. Yep. 
So I want your I want your opinion on something, Charles. We've talked about this. We talked about this on I think two episodes ago about the term generational, right? And I did kind of a breakdown of what I consider generational. And one of the guys that I think is generational and what got that conversation even sparked was Marvin Harrison Jr. So from a fantasy standpoint, we we describe Bijan as generational and Caleb Williams and and Marvin Harris. And you're starting to hear this term become more and more popular. Based off of our definition um, of what that is, it's for me, it's more of like an instinctual, a fundamental, an athleticism, and all of that wrapped into one. But the instinctual really being the part that drives that. From an NFL standpoint, when they're saying, hey, we want to go get this guy because he's generational, what does that mean? It's a it's a player that you you just feel like you don't see come into the league in a, a decade. I, I think it's a decade. I really do. Like guys will tell you, oh, it's the best guy in 20 years. Everybody always wants to say that crap. Like I really truly think it's like 10 years. If, if you're sitting there and you're staring at it, you're going, it is Marvin Harrison is better than any of the wide receivers we've come into the, the league in the last 10 years. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. That's a generational player, right? Like and with the level those guys are playing at right now, you would say this is this is a a guy who's going to potentially be a perennial all pro player. He's going to be, yeah. you know, he's going to have seasons where he could be offensive player of the year. If it's a quarterback, he could be an MVP. Um, to me, that's what I, I kind of I think in terms of decades. There's a lot of hyperbole in the NFL where where guys like to say right. they're thinking in like 20 year, 30 year. They're really not like they're. You know, and, and I discovered that when like, Trevor Lawrence came out, like it was like Trevor Lawrence is like the greatest quarterback we've seen, blah blah blah. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, I guess like in terms of coming in from a refined standpoint and what he did on the collegiate level, but he's not better than Mahomes. He's not better. Like, let's I can go down the list. There's there's easily like three or four guys you can argue that are better now and may have projected out a, a better long term. So, you know, generational. What like what's a generation? What's the definition of a generation now? Uh, there's an actual just there's like a definition of it. Like how many years a generation? It seems like it's getting smaller it's, and smaller. Yeah, it seems like, like a 25 year window. I feel like it's like a 25 to 30 year window. But you guys know why? It's because we have social media and we have like yeah, right? every That's everything. <laughs> it's like it's like the news window used to be a day. Now it's like a minute. You know, it's like yeah, it's well, everything. That's why is, it's so important. Yeah, to define that term though, because of I like, agree generational getting thrown around so much especially as dynasty players like if you hear this player's generational it's like okay well i need to assess him adequately and i don't want to is he actually generational like me personally i do not think Bijan robinson is generational i don't i think he's a great wow. running back i think he's a great prospect i do not think he's generational at the running do back you position. not think he's generational because he's not on your roster if he was on your roster <laughs> is, would yeah, you say i've he never heard you say that you knew <laughs> if he was on your roster would he be generational new news no no, I'm, I, that's, that's new not how <laughs> new news. And and yes, that's probably unpopular opinion. But I think so. F Charles, for you, would you consider the likes of Bijan Robinson, Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr.? Are those guys all generational talents? Again, I, I'm, I'm with you. you. I, I need I need to know what the definition of generation. Oh, is here's because... the clear definition. Thanks to Google. Okay, it's thank you. 20 to 30 years. So 25 years, which I caught earlier. Google, I, I guess I was correct. Okay, so we'll split, we should, yeah, we'll split the that. difference. 25 years. Twenty five um, years. Twenty five years. I, I would not say. I, I, I want to use. Yeah, I want to use okay. your NFL de definition of ten. Like NFL definition of ten years. Are there any players that meet your criteria mixed with Dylan? Like, would you plant a flag on a generational talent for any of the guys coming out that he just? Described? I think. I, I think. Caleb, I think. I. I think Caleb. Like watching Caleb, seeing him doing in two different programs. Yep. 
seeing the multitude of different things that he brings to the table, seeing the leadership. And in a weird way, like honestly seeing him on commercials and being like, Oh, he kind of seems like an NFL vet right now. Like he already, he, he like, I know it sounds weird, but it's like, he's not like a wooden figure. You're like, Oh, he seems very relaxed in this. There's, right. it doesn't feel big, right? Like it's not too big for that guy. And then you see what the talent is on the field. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, I just lean on what I can't do anything but lean on what the league guys say. I've seen so many good wide receivers come through that it blows yes. my mind that the, he just like leapfrogs to the top. And I'm like, are we are we prisoners of now? Like, is it like we just it's the guy in front of us and that's who? So you know, I would say like Caleb to me, Bijan. Um, in the last ten years in running backs. <sighs> I mean, I mean, coming in, honestly, like coming in, yeah, he's he's pretty. I, I would say considered coming in, he's a he's a pretty generational player. Like he is, he is, he's one of those guys where when everywhere you went, they're like the grades through the roof. They're like, but you know what Saquon was too. The grade for Saquon was through the roof. The workout for Saquon was through the work. He was a generational player too. And then what happened? He got hurt. You know, he got like beat up. And yeah. so um, shows the volatility of the position, though. So yeah, it yeah. It, it does. But I. It's funny because when there are still guys in the league who you talk to now, even some younger guys who are younger than me, who will who will tell you when you look at tape, purely on tape, they're like, if you go all the way back to 1980 and you look at all the greatest quarterbacks and you ask them to rank them, they'll still put they'll coming in like pure talent coming in. They'll still say Elway's one. They're like all those guys, Peyton, every single other guy who's been through the league. They're like in terms of the sheer talent of the player coming into the league like Elway would grade out bigger and better than almost anybody you've ever seen. Um, which is wild to me. Cause I'm like, you know, like I love Elway, great player, all time top 10 quarterback. I'm sure no, no like question about it, but it's just weird. Cause I don't, it's, I, I have the focus of like what he looked like in the league and, you know, and then, but these are just like, people are like, if you just looked at college tape and what he brought to the table, if if Elway existed now, <laughs> you would yeah. trade four first round picks to get that guy, Dang. you know, at the number right. one. Yeah. Oof. Man, all I'm saying is all this twenty four talk, I'm I am like the king of FTP, right? F them picks. That's totally my motto. And you know, Charles, you're in a league with us. It's in every league. I'm really, really regretting getting rid of a twenty four first and I traded a twenty four first for a quarterback, which save that for another pod, but I'm really regretting it because of how strong this class is. And I know we say this after every class, and Josh, you're going to get on me for this, but 24 is looking like one of the best classes that we've seen in the last five to 10 years, I would say. Charles okay. is so. He, <laughs> I know, he I know. Is, I'm, I'm like talking his, right his like, love language right yes. now. Yes. But I mean, just <laughs> from like eight, there's so many quarterbacks. We talked about Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jordan Travis, Michael Penix Jr. Like, we didn't even get into Shitter Sanders. Shitter Sanders. Prime, and yeah. there's the running backs that are just tanks. Like, Raheem Sanders and uh, all those guys. And then we got Keon Coleman and Marvin Harrison Jr. Like there's so many good prospects in this class that I just want like the listeners, like if you, the season's about to start and you're going to find out very, very quickly if you are a contender or not, do not wait, do not wait, do not get behind the ball. If you, if there's any sign that you're going to be even middle tier and there's an opportunity to the tank or first, commit to the tank, this class is going to be worth it. And I'm sure Charles would advocate for that because he did that. He, he put his money where his mouth is, but it is very much worth it to go and get picks in this class. But I'll be honest with you, I, I kind of knew it. 
Like I knew, I knew it from having convert. I'm always like a year ahead in terms of when I'm talking guy, to couple guys about this man. Can I just say something no, real quick? I'm just hold on one like, I kind of knew what I was doing. <laughs> Charles, as soon as you started picking players up on like waiver wires, guys that I never heard, I literally was going to my other leagues and I was putting claims in. Oh, so no. just for the listeners, no. anytime Charles Charles picks up somebody for zero fab, I'm like, what is this guy up to? So then I'll shoot him a text like, hey, Charles, man, like, what do you know? What this do you is, know? Like, why did you just pick up Tom Brady? Is Tom Brady me, coming back? Like, why did you pick up Brady? To build off of that dynamic, um, obviously, Yacht Club's our main thing. But we had just started Cartel, and we were learning to get to know you. And you were giving us, like, draft updates and draft insights 10 minutes before things happened. Davis was sending that in the Yacht Club chat, acting like it was his stuff. <laughs> and be like, look, I was he right he's again. an NFL insider. Like, he vicariously Dave, lives through you. Like, Davis is like... <laughs> He I am the insider of the insider. <laughs> he will the... never admit it. He will never the... admit it. You're a low-key idol of his, I'm sure. The COVID <laughs> year, I actually it was funny, I actually got in trouble. Like the because you know the COVID year, they they did the draft. They didn't do it in purpose in person. Remember, they did it like Roger wearing the sweater, the fireside oh, chest. Yeah. <laughs> right? Jerry so, Jones in his yacht. That's where we got the, it. Had the it manufactured booze in. Yeah. The way that actually. that was set up, everybody in the league, all the decision makers, basically the people handing the card, they were all on one collective Zoom, right? So everybody's in the room together. They're all in the room. So I had somebody who's in the room, and they're they're feeding me who the picks are going to be. They're like, okay, this is who's coming. This is who's coming. And the broadcast is like way behind. Like it's like three picks behind. Wow. So I'm calling so out picks. Tweeting. So I got to about halfway through the first round, and I won't say who, but somebody from the league office hit me up, and he was like, okay, we're going to find out who it is that's ticking. <laughs> <laughs> like who's telling you what's going on in this room? Just know no. we know, and we're gonna track it down. And I was like, "Is this a threat? Like you threatening me right now?" Like, yeah, threat. like I was like, "All right, I gotta stop doing this." Like I can't. All right, I'm, done. Yeah. I'm done. So it's That's that was awesome. the best year ever in terms of like tipping stuff. But like I get, look, I've gotten you. You have teams will tell you they're like completely 100 on a player, and you totally believe it, and then you just get smoked when the draft comes. And and I. Thankfully, I'm not the only one. I one time I was embedded with a team and a very well-known NFL draft personality. I'm not gonna say or NFL personality, not NFL draft, NFL personality, very well known, household name. We're we're in the room together. They're coming up on the pick. Out screw it, I'll say who the pick was. Um, Baltimore's pick's coming up, right? And and he just yells out, so confident. They're not taking Flacco. I talked to them. They're not going to take Flacco. Literally, like 30 seconds later, <laughs> Joe Flacco. And I was like, oh, damn. Like, maybe don't yell stuff. I was like, maybe Sean Payton don't start dogging Nathaniel Hackett yet. Yeah. Yes. Like, 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 like Man, wait until yeah. you know. For real, though. Well, Charles, yeah, you are a delight uh, to have on the show, obviously. Uh, You're somewhat to, of a delight to play it. with. Um, I don't like <laughs> oh, that you've cornered the market on 24. Figured this out this quick, but um, we want to let you go. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for giving us some insight into what's going on in the league. Guys, any last questions or thoughts for Charles before we let him go and jump below deck? No, thanks, man. We appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on and sharing your insight. Appreciate it. And I appreciate you guys being kind, but everybody knows – I'm getting prison sexed this year. Okay. Like my team is absolutely <laughs> going to get drilled. Thank you for Elijah day. Moore. So. Thank you for I'll Elijah end. Moore. My final request is, can you send me 324 first for Deshaun Watson? I, I won't, but I will tell you a player to keep. Okay. Who? Cool. I'll, I'll give you a moment. 
Okay. I w- and I, God, I was never going to tell you this, but I'll, I'll tell you. So I'm going through Rams camp and I'm like, you know, Hey, I'm like, you know, I'm talking to McVeigh. Like, oh no. Puka Nakua. They're like, Charles, like, if you say like, Puka Nakua, you're ruining a trade I have going on like, right now. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm killing your trade. <laughs> no! I love to hear this. Yeah, Come yeah, on, they're Charles, like, give it they're to like, me. Listen, they're like, this kid Puka has been in, in, uh, Cooper's hip pocket the entire time he's been in here. They're like this kid. They're like the skill sets there. There's like all this stuff. So, now I will say this. They're like, we got to keep him on the effing field. They're like, he couldn't stay on the field at college. They're like, I don't know if we can keep him on the field in the NFL. Huge concern. Obviously what happens, he gets hurt in, in you know, during camp, um, you know, but that is a player who, good to know if we're good talking about, and I, and immediately, like, as soon as I'm like hearing this, I'm like, let me check this out. I'm like, who's got like, I'm like, damn it, Davis. Like Davis yeah, has got hey. him hard. And I'm like, hey, I'm not let's even get a deal done. I'm like, you know, I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, how can I back how can I ask Davis about one guy, but what I really two, want two, is to get to, yeah, like, I'm like, I'll, I'll be like, eh, what about a wide receiver? You got a wide receiver? You want to throw in you got a wide receiver? You like, <laughs> yeah. Throw in you know, like, oh, maybe. Yeah. This is so. this is unfortunate. I'm gonna have to make sure I'm gonna edit this part out until I get a deal done with the, <laughs> the Puka Nakua owner in Yacht just, Club because you now just bleep I'm not... his name out. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, bleep it'll, his it'll name out and bleep the team out. <laughs> well, Charles, thank it. you again for joining us. We hope to have you again sometime because I was just I was learning so much as we went, and uh, yeah, once again a pleasure. When we come back, guys, gonna take a quick break. We're gonna go below deck, give you all the updates from the Palm Screens trip. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. We just had Charles Robinson, NFL Insider, with us. And guys, I don't know about y'all, but I I was aghast. Just I felt like there was just such a wealth of knowledge. I was a little bit flabbergasted at how much he gave us. He touched on Hopkins. He touched on Mike Evans. He touched on Cooper Cup. So, so much fantasy advice 
to be extracted from that conversation. But listen, we're here because of our origin story, the Yacht Club, and it would be remiss. We had a Palm Springs special episode recorded live from the owners meeting and party. We had so much go down this weekend and nothing sticks out more to me. Davis, this has nothing to do with fantasy. I just want to flex where I can because I'm taking to 25. After almost killing a fellow league mate on hole number three by mishitting my three wood, 60 miles, probably more than 60 miles an hour, that ball was going 90 miles an hour. He drove up ahead, but he thankfully reached down to check his phone for some Michigan football. So football saves lives. Ball went went through the front windshield. Uh, Oh, yeah. It was that happened? it wasn't that bad he he started driving through bad. the course ill-advised <laughs> yeah, yeah but it was it Bro, was it towards the was it was anywhere near it was the fairway he, it was directly no <laughs> it was not, not, the fairway. that is that is not a <laughs> that is bro i was about to say there's no way it was, way it was to, to the right it was to the, it would have been in the rough cut that's besides was, the point no. jo- though josh josh unless is gonna you're go dri- on and unless you're driving like 700 yards me and everybody yeah turned it on in the back nine Turned it on the back nine, and our team was able to take home the dub. And then also the trade that I outlined with Michael Smith, specifically George Pickens. It's gone. My boy. For a first, a second, Jake Ferguson, and I believe Jason Brownlee and 50 Fab, George Pickens, and two-thirds. Josh, I'm proud of you because you doing that trade, it's like a toxic relationship. I feel like now that you're finally broken up. With George Pickens, it's freedom. You can move it's on freedom. with your life. You can there's, move on. It's, it's exactly what happened to me involuntarily. It's like uh, with like T Higgins, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah with T Higgins. We <laughs> that's like, we that's more like what that it's story. like because I didn't want to give up T Higgins, but it opened up the door for me. But for you, this is a new beginning for you. So, we, how do you feel now you that ex- you're picking single? Well, I, I'll explain that in just a second. But can you tell people we've teased it a couple times? Oh, what yeah, really yeah. happened with T Higgins? Because you you've mentioned it. T Higgins was on your team last year and arguably your best receiver, one of your yeah. most valuable players. The literally even the most valuable, the most the most valuable player on my team. So I'll give the quick rundown. Davis is manipulative, and I was out of the country. <laughs> I was out of the country, right? I was out of the country. It was my wife and I's anniversary. We were in Paris. We're on a completely different time frame. This is the middle of the football season. I have a co-owner. My co-owner was feeling frisky, right? He's like, you know what? I'm going to – we were in some negotiations for – I think it was Ramadre Stevenson at the time. And we, I go to bed. I talk to my co-owner. I'm like, hey, you know what? Let's talk. Let's pick it up in the morning, whatever. I, I just put my phone aside. I, I'm going to sleep whenever everyone else is waking up. I wake up the next morning to Davis texting me saying, what, what is it? Something about T. You, you some pun with T in it, T Higgins. And I was like, what is, mm-hmm. what is he talking about? I mm-hmm. opened the sleeper app and see that T Higgins was traded. T Higgins and a first, the, the only first that I had was yep. traded for Ramondre Stevenson. I, I don't remember the entire trade. I, I tend to just try to forget that part of you try guy. to block that off in your memory. I, I block it off completely, but basically gave up a fortune T Higgins, our future. And what I will say is, like I said, it was a new beginning for me because our team has completely turned around since then, and T. Higgins would not be the best player on our team currently. Um, so that's why I ask you, Josh. It was a it was a revelation for us at, as Bad's dynasty. But for you, so, how does it feel? Hold up, real quick. Hold up, hold up. I can't just have you claiming. No, no, no. That you don't I'm get just to, no, 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 no. get. I, don't, no, I, I get to defend myself. I get to defend myself. Hold up a second. Oh, I get to defend great. myself. Oh, I get to defend myself. Just give me one rebuttal, real quick. Your co-owner, Trey, was irresponsible and came to me about the deal. 
I gave him the benefit of the doubt. And I said, does Dylan know about this? Does Dylan know? And mind you, I will read the trade off right what now. What did he say? What did he it say? Was, what did he say? What did he say? Second, when he if I knew it was it. T Higgins, Chase Claypool, a 24 first and a 23 second for Ramondre Stevenson and a 23 first at the time. So yes, I got a haul. It wasn't my fault. Don't be mad at me. And when I you said knew that, he I said, was out of the country. But yeah, but but that's not my fault. Don't put the responsibility <laughs> and the co-ownership into somebody that is not responsible. Because he Jeez. said, he said no, but he'll be proud of me for doing this. He said no, but he'll be proud of Dude, me for doing this. As some right. context, Dylan called me and was like, "Hey, please tell me this is a practical joke, man. You guys are messing with me." I said, "Dylan, he thought that we were going to reverse it. I've, I've looked at the rules. There's nothing I can do. I'm really, really sorry, bro. I legit thought you guys were trolling. Like, hey, let's punk <laughs> Dylan. He's out of the country. Trey was playing along with it. My co-owner. And for even more context." My co-owner is one of my best friends. So the fact that he thought that I was going to be stoked on that, I'm just so disappointed. Well, I'm glad that you're on to better places. And Josh, it seems now that with this George Pickens trade, you were on to better places. Um, But it doesn't seem like that was the only deal that happened. What was the other major trade that happened in our league? There was there was a couple that that were really close to happening, but the one that really stole the show, in my opinion, was a three-way trade. And I, I gotta say, the league has amped up. The podcast has been released. Guys know, hey, I've got to step up my game. I've got to make splash moves where owners kind of were that were in the middle, a little bit more hesitant to make a splash move. Yep. Um, a lot of them got off the bench and were like, we are going to make Come moves. In. Exactly. So <laughs> Davis had actually, I think, gone to sleep at this point. It was almost like, all right, he's gone. Because the the teams that were trying to make trades are the teams <laughs> that want to People fear me so much. I'm, no, I'm literally just, having, it's not I'm having conversations. It's not fear. Hold it's up. I need to give, I need to get real quick, Josh, I will let you go back, but I do need to give the listeners and the viewers an inside scoop into, I'm sitting at the pool, just having a casual conversation with one of my league mates. And I may or may not have been talking to him about a deal. And I literally see somebody viewing me from afar and they're like, wait, is there a deal going on over here? They come and they plop down next it's like survivor. because they are going to protect <laughs> The person that I'm talking to, like I am going, <laughs> it, it 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 baffles me, but it also is probably the best compliment that I can ever get. So Josh, I'll let you get back to it. No, totally. So essentially, a three way trade formed, and a team that's really good in making a push this season had some extra 24 firsts. They were trying to trade with a team that had most of the 24 firsts and had Mark Andrews as one of their last pieces to rebuild with. But the first were a little bit later, and the team that had Mark Andrews wanted JSN. The team that had JSN is kind of in the middle and is like, I need to rebuild. I know I'm like, maybe I can make playoffs, maybe I couldn't. It took an immense amount of convincing. People were yelling at the JSN owners like, you're delusional. You have no shot this year. You're not even rebuilding. You're just hanging on to your players emotionally. And then all of the sudden he was like, screw it. And he hit accept. And literally all three franchises ran to the center of the room and were cheering. And we're like, yeah, we did it. That was the night. Yeah, that was pretty I wonder monumental. how everyone's, everyone's feeling after waking up to the change in their roster. Dylan, you saw the trade. Did you feel there was a clear winner? Or was this one of those three-way trades where everyone mutually benefited? You know, I... I think there was actually, I don't think there was one winner. I think there were two winners and one loser. I think the loser of the trade was the one who traded away JSN, the owner that traded away JSN. He got two firsts in return, which you think is great, but we're in a 14 team league and those are both projected to be late. I personally don't think, and that team is also just kind of in the middle of the 
middle of nowhere. So I don't really know. I don't understand the direction, but too late first for JSN just doesn't feel like a good trade-off when you don't know what he can be. He was still a first round pick. The team right. still invested in him. Um, whereas there was, uh, who was it? it? Was Mark Andrews was acquired for uh, basically those two first. Those two That's first, yeah. Two first yeah. for Mark Andrews. Like I would late, two first. late first for, for, for Mark Andrews. Absolutely. That's a smash for me. I, I don't know if you guys do you guys just would you trade no for that team for especially that team yeah it's, a, yeah, it's yes, great right that's a, that's a especially when a, like that's your one position that's holding you back from really lacking. being right. into the top tier absolutely smash right. trade but Josh or uh, to your point Dylan and to what we just spoke about with Charles with the 2024 class and him saying okay if you have some of the top yeah. 16 prospects. Like it's right. it is a it is a deep class and it is a star studded class. Granted, we are still far from the draft happening. So we could look back and we could look at it like next year, like, okay, you know what? That was a win-win-win trade for everybody that was involved. Um, and so no, I, I actually really woke want up to re- re-roll the dice though. Like, I mean, would you no, that's fair. Here's what I'll say though. How much further could JSN have gone up in value? Another first, three firsts, maybe a higher end first. No, you could have, right? yeah, a higher end. That's what I was going to say. You could higher have flipped him maybe That's, next year in the during the draft or something for a higher first. Because right now you're totally rolling sure. the dice and hoping that a landing spot works out where those two later first you can get someone two shots at the JSN. I don't know. Here's can I all say, oh, go, go ahead, Josh. No, no, go. No, no, no. No no no, 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 you. No, no, you guys are so right. We're getting along, we're getting go, along go. so well. We no, started so in Palm Springs. So the viewers great. and the listeners probably, they are probably like, wow, these guys are best friends now. We hate this. We hate this. We want them to be opponents and rivals. No, I do want to ask you guys briefly, and, and, and I will keep it short, but I want you guys to understand an offer that has been put out that um, was talked about again this past weekend. Um, and it was a hypothetical offer, but it felt like it should have been a smash accept. I had offered at one point to um, an owner who's a competitor, has Justin Jefferson, but doesn't have a ton of depth. I had offered Calvin Ridley, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, Dalton Kincaid, a 24 first, a 25 first, and two 24 seconds for Justin Jefferson. Ooh. I want to ask you guys. For just and, Justin and Jefferson? For just Justin Jefferson. And that is – that is, and and – this weekend, he he then turns to me. He's like, "Hey, man, I do just want to say to you, if there was any other owner, I would have accepted it. But league <laughs> principle, but league principle held me to not do it. So, at oh, what point man. does not yes. doing something that we're taking your the team, Davis tax global? Bro, that no, but that tax is just one, dumb. One, Think of all I, the- I'm gonna have to verify that you actually sent that trade. Did you talk oh, about that it. trade? No, 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 no. Verify, verify it, it and we'll will follow up so on that. Verify I will say, it. I will say, like, I about that trade, I feel like I would do that. Given given that For manager, sure. that manager's team, like it makes sense. Like in Justin Jefferson, as untradeable as he is, all of those assets, 100 percent So that is right. But Davis, I also do understand that manager's philosophy on the Davis tax. It's like I said, it's a global I, statement now. Like you've got to overcome that. I feel bad for you. Not really, but it's I don't. I don't think it's so much just because it's Davis. I think it's also looking at Davis's team because that 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 owner you just described is also the owner who just traded for Mark Andrews. They have a team that can compete. It's a little bit thin in depth, very thin, I would say, in depth in certain areas, like Davis was saying. But you don't want to give someone a championship. As cool as it is to say, "Hey, I got a bunch in return." When you give Davis's team an a, like a Justin Jefferson, uh, Christian McCaffrey, 
Hey, we're, well, oh, we're, oh, we're, <laughs> we're going there. there. Right, I mean, when you give a team that. that that's that strong, it's like, yeah, this may sound cool in a year or two, but I think I have a shot this year, and I'd rather try to beat you even if I'm on an underdog. So that's what I love about our league is we got a bunch of dogs in there who are going to fight to the end no matter what, unlike me, who's just tanking for 25. But Davis, any, you know, Dylan, you were unable to join us because you're being an amazing husband and you had your anniversary weekend. How dare you support healthy marriages and not our degenerate ways. <laughs> but Davis, any other highlights before we let the viewers go from Palm Springs? Any thoughts to leave them with? Highlights and thoughts is we are just getting started with this league. Um, and there's going to be so much that I think you as viewers and you as listeners can like look forward to, not just from our league, but from this podcast and kind of what we're doing. Um, we are going to be showing you yeah, on Twitter, on Instagram, please go follow all of those, go follow the inflection network, YouTube channel. But there, there, there are so many things that are going to be happening in this next year that are exciting. And we're just kicking off. NFL um, in what, three days? And literally oh my, my wife is dreading that day. I told yep. her Sunday, babe, Sunday, I'm going to wake up with you. I'm going to say hi to you at night. I'm <laughs> going to go to bed with you and say good night to you. But I am gone and I'm sitting on my couch and I am going to Very be genius. literally giddy as a child. Um, but no, yeah, just guys, we are so excited for 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 like you all to be um, on this journey. And I'm excited to be doing this podcast with you two fine gentlemen. Love it. Dylan, was there any other FOMO that you missed out on from being Palm Springs? Was there a trade you tried to get done and live vicariously through us while you were being husband of the year? Honestly, no. I mean, you know, Mike and I are always talking on low. Neither of us were there, but um, I, I had some conversations with Mike. Nothing came to fruition, but no, man, I, I, I was bummed that I missed out. Like that's one of the best times of the year. We all get together and chop it up and trades will get done. It's inevitable. Like that is the, we, we like, I know the audience probably thinks we're exaggerating. Like, no, that is the, that is our owner's meeting. That is where we're face to face. All of us face to face at once trades get done. So no, just like to echo Davis's sentiment. I'm stoked that we're doing this. And for the listeners, like to get an insight of our league, like we are like on Twitter, we're during the season are active. We've got some things that are pretty cool that kind of link to our, to our league and kind of get you a little bit of insight on what we're doing. So if you want to follow those things, but yeah, I mean, this is just one of the, the best league that I'm in the best league in the world. And so I'm excited to be a part of it in this podcast. America's America's dynasty league. No question guys, as David said, we are just getting started, but the next time we record, we will be reacting to actual NFL games. I am so excited. I can't get to sleep soon enough so I can wake up and be one day closer. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Dynasty Exchange. Until next time. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash the shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.